Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Report. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're coming at you a little later in the week. It has been um, a little tumultuous um, on, on, on my side of things as we ready for a vacation next week. Have not had the most time in the world. And, um, you know, I have a significant other and I have a son. And, and uh, we're packing for a trip to Wyoming, which I will not be on the podcast next week. It will be um, it will be Jared Mueller hosting. So Jared will do a great job, I am sure. So I'll come at you today, I'll come at you tomorrow. We had one earlier this week on the Film Breakdown podcast channel with Stephen Thomas, where we went over sort of some immediate reaction to the Grant Delpit injury. We're going to talk to Brent Sobleski about this in just a minute. Before we do so, I am going to once again make sure to talk about the fantastic products over at TheraOne CBD. They have the warming lotion that can help your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift off into a deep night's sleep. They're one of the few that is USDA certified organic CBD extracts that are of the highest quality available anywhere. Now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne's offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you got to go to TheraGun, so it's TheraOne products, but TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, you can send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. It's not something TheraOne's likely to do again, so buy one, get one free. Is at theragun.com slash bluewire. Now until Labor Day, go there and take advantage of that right now. All right? Um, so, Sobo, I'm going to welcome you in, man, and we are going to... Uh, I'm going to turn the podium to you and just sort of get your immediate reaction to where the Browns defense is and this rash of injuries and, and just it's, you know, the, we haven't talked in a week. A lot's happened. The COVID freakout happened. The Browns had to have Kevin Stefanski miss. Like, where are you with the Browns and the injuries and where they sit now just close to two weeks out from traveling to Baltimore? Well, first of all, Jake, it's good to talk to you again. I still don't know how we boned last week, but we did. And, <laughs> and so we've got to plug forward and give it our best effort this week. So looking at where Cleveland stands in training camp in general, um, it's not going well, sir. It's not going well. And it's not simply on the defensive front. The offense is struggling to find a rhythm at all uh, through practices, which is expected to a degree. And I don't want to overplay that because it takes time to build cohesion and timing, especially in Kevin Stefanski's offense that he's implementing. But at the same time, you have so much talent outside of the ball, you expect them to be a little further ahead of the curve than they currently are. Defensively, I look at what happened to Grant Delpit, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but his injury is potentially devastating to the approach the team is going to take this during the regular season. Uh, his skill set and capability of doing so many things within uh, Joe Woods' scheme 
and how he was going to utilize him with the with the heavy reliance on big nickel and dime packages with Delpit on on as a chess piece for the entire unit, especially on the back end. Now he's gone. And now you have to rely on Carl Joseph, who has an injury history, Andrew Sandejo, who's a good, solid football player, but he, he's a player that is, I would essentially refer to as a replacement level. Um, and then Sheldrick Red, Redwine, who was expected to be your four safety and not to get not to get on the field all that often. So what's the solution? And I, you, there's one of two ways you can go. You can either go and stick with the plan and be over-aggressive, or you start going conservative. And the problem I have with the latter option is you start going conservative, you, conservative you'll be in base defense more. When you're in base defense more, now you're going to feature three linebackers. When you feature three linebackers, you don't have three quality starters on your roster, and you can be exposed regularly by mismatches from offensive coordinators know how to take advantage of those situations. And all because of this linchpin player that there was so much expectations on. Yes, I understand he's a rookie. Yes, you shouldn't place that much emphasis on him. But based on how the roster was constructed, that's where the team is at the moment. It's unfortunate. Um, it's something they're going to have to battle through uh, to take a Butch Davis euphemism there for a second. But it's something that's reality now. And you have to adjust and find ways to make the defense better without a key part with the key part missing. And hopefully the rest of the injuries really come to a point where we, they're not missing much time, whether it be Terrence Mitchell, for example, what was it? Tuesday's practice, you had Denzel Ward out on the, on the field in bubble wrap. And then you were down to your, what, sixth cornerback, the, the four between four or five between were all injured. Hopefully that's not, there's nothing more than nagging like an MJ Stewart or money Mitchell and so on and so forth. But it just shows you, man, how depth can be decimated so quickly in the NFL and things get turned upside down when this great plan seems to be in place. And now you're kind of out in the waving in the wind a little bit, needing to find some type of solution. Well, that's that's what I've, I've kind of been on some some various podcasts. I talked to Steve about it, too. It's like there's so much going on, man. There's there's missing um, missing continuity time. There's missing all of we've talked about this ad nauseum up to this point but you know you miss training camp you miss or sorry you miss mini camp otas all of that and then you miss live game settings too i think people forget that not only is the first time kevin stefanski has met some of these guys just a couple weeks ago which is crazy to think about actually physically person to person met them they're going to to go on the road and be their first time playing in a game at all is as a group in in two weeks, right? September thirteenth, pretty much two weeks, and it'll be their first time traveling. You know the the the, the benefit of preseason games. Yeah, it's obviously prime benefit is that you get to see your talent square off against another team finally, and you get to see fringe players get an opportunity and uh, finalize your fifty three man and all of that stuff. But like the dress rehearsal stuff is a thing. You know, getting all your guys in game uniforms, getting them to First Energy Stadium, what the process is to get ready for a game. All of those things, NFL mandates, different sorts of things. It's important. And then you got to think now they're going on the road. They've never traveled together. They've never done a myriad of different things together. Um, and then you kind of push it all together and say, hey, we're going to fly you to the East Coast, although you've never done this. And it's just it's just going to be surreal, I'm sure, for Kevin Stefanski, who's gone from like 
the rapid rise of being a head coach to 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 seeing all the disadvantages that he's forced with missing having to miss a practice because of this and look other teams are dealing with different things too the browns aren't isolated in issues uh, across the nfl but it's just going to be i'm just i, I my sub expectations for september 13th are so low that it's just going to be whatever happens happens if they get blown out i won't be surprised there's a level of continuity these other teams have and and how these players will react in fanless stadiums, how they'll react in, in you know, like little things that have been, are they going to use helmet audio? Because, you know, helmet audio can be rather loud. It's like teams can probably hear that now. Are they going to send, are they going to signal? Him? It's just, a, there's a lot of little things, man, little idiosyncratic things that could all be affected by this. And like, I, I just keep telling Browns fans, and you're you're talking about injury, Sobo, and, and that's the, the key topic and how they're going to be able to have all these guys ready with the greedy William shoulder. We haven't really heard anything about it. It's sort of just been floating out there. How are they going to be ready, and then how are they going to be able to communicate? How are they going to – is the defense going to ever be on the same page as often as they need to be? Is, is how is the offense going to function with – so many timing parts and motion parts that are so part, you know, so influential on Stefanski's offense last year. It's um, listen, I'm I'm not saying that that they're going to go into the to the to Baltimore and just stink up the joint, but my expectations are that, and I think if your expectations are anything above that, I think that's just sort of asinine and unrealistic at this point. Is that was that where you're at? Well, it would certainly be a much different conversation. This we were discussing the Cincinnati Bengals as your opening day opponent. And not the Baltimore Ravens. And I, I, you know, I've said it on social media. I've said it in the OBR forums. I, I look at teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the Baltimore Ravens, as Super Bowl contenders, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Especially Pittsburgh, if 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 Ben Roethlisberger's elbow is fully healed. And the reason why it's very simple: continuity. Continuity is going to be the driving factor. Uh, behind this entire season and the success that most teams uh, enjoy. Now, you look at teams like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Philadelphia, you know, they, that's been a, together for a while, very similar lineup that didn't make massive changes in the offseason, didn't have new coordinators, doesn't, didn't move on to a new head coach. And as good as I think Kevin Stefanski can be, as perfect as I think is his system will eventually be for Baker Mayfield and a lot of the talent on that side of the ball, as much as I really enjoy watching him work alongside Andrew Barry with the, with the synchronicity we've seen with this organization over the last few months, it's going to take time. So let's, let's take a micro point of view and make it into a macro uh, macro point of view. So Jedrick Wills, when he was first drafted, remember the conversations we had, Jake? Everyone just Im- immediately assumed that he can naturally make that transition from right to left tackle. And we both agreed that we think that he can. But there's difference between assuming someone can automatically do something and it actually happening because it needs to take time, reps, and being on the field for that to actually occur. The Cleveland Browns, as an organization, are Jedrick Wills' move to left tackle. That's where they stand. <laughs> because you have the implementation of so many different things and new faces and new places and how they're going to be utilized that it's going to take time before they gel. And injuries aren't going to help. They're only going to make things worse. And the lack of depth at certain positions certainly or will be glaring on top of it. 
And I, I won't go as far as saying that I expect them to be destroyed by the Ravens. Maybe they could surprise. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to get into to that prediction business yet. But at the same time, Baltimore's a superior team. Period. And there's no other way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess if it, the, the silver lining is that the, the expectations are low after Baltimore, the early season schedule is is. Uh... I guess for the better, it's not as challenging as we think ahead of the season. You never know what it's going to look like at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, this is this is a situation that is as challenging for a young head coach uh, as we have ever seen. And it's not just a young head coach; it's a new defensive coordinator, it's a new front office, new scouting department. All of those things added together makes it one of the more trickier situations in the league. As the season approaches, though, I do want to remind everybody about the NFL Sunday Ticket Package. And if you are an out of market Browns fan, it is probably the way you go to watch the Browns. Uh, if you live on a different coast or you live in, in uh, you know, anywhere out of country, whatever it is, I know there are different ways to go about it. But Sunday Ticket has always been a consistent path that has provided people with the quality Browns uh, stream every time you can. And, and we're offering here with Blue Wire listeners 15% off uh, this coming season, which is which is just fantastic and a great partnership. So you can get all of these games on your favorite devices. You can get the Red Zone channel, DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. And uh, never miss the Browns or any of your favorite Browns players or any of your favorite fantasy players that you want to watch as well. So no matter where you live, SundayTicket.tv. Again, Sunday Ticket, NFL SundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, no spaces, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Again, visit NFL SundayTicket.tv, promo code BLUEWIRE. So, um, look, Sobo, man, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know where it goes from here. And... Uh, uh, it's it's just a it's a weird year. It's a weird time in the country. It's a weird football season. I'm setting up my fantasy draft with some of these guys, and it's like I just uh, I just feel kind of deflated about it. And I don't I don't really know why. Maybe I'm weird. It just doesn't have the same enthusiasm that every other year has had. And uh, it's kind of strange. And and it's going to be a strange Browns year. And hopefully, I heard this. I heard somebody say this, and I was curious your thoughts. Obviously, the Browns are going to be challenged defensively in the second back half of the. Um, you know, back half of this unit in the secondary, and and uh, there's going to be a twofold question. Do you think they add anybody there? And and that's the first part. And then, like the offense, are you th- this 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 whole thing about patience, which I've been preaching and I believe in it. I'm not sure we're ever going to see a better group of skill talent than the Browns have right now. There could be, you know, as things change next year, you could see one of these wide receivers end up being moved because of financial reasons. You you Cream Hunt might be signed a deal elsewhere that is significantly more than what he's he's making with Cleveland so like it stinks because you want to be patient and there's all these obstacles to overcome but at the same time the cap allowed and the structure of the Browns system well before they had to pay a lot of guys allowed for supreme collection of offensive talent so that stinks a little bit because we might not see anything like it so I'm kind of curious a if you think they're going to add anybody in the secondary and b is that sort of thought process right that this is probably the best skill group the Browns We'll see, have seen since '99, and and maybe we'll see as we leak into the future. Well, I'm looking at it first and foremost with any potential additions. Uh, I I think they're going to slow play this current setup. Yes, Delpit could be debilitating with his injury, but aside from that, in most instances, they expect their players to be healthy, if not by week one, but very shortly into the regular season. So. Um, other than maybe Mac Wilson, but that's another story entirely because we don't know if that would actually help or hurt that side of the ball. <laughs> um, looking at it personally, I'm always someone that believes that you do whatever it takes to 
take advantage of those situations to improve your roster. And obviously one name that's been discussed a lot, we both brought it up. Uh, I jabbed you a little bit about it uh, with Logan Ryan. Uh, the first name that popped in my mind, the second I heard about Delpit is because of his versatility and what he could potentially bring. And not only his versatility, but if Kevin Johnson maybe misses more time than expected, then you not only have someone to play some safety, but be your primary nickel as well. I know the price tag's high, high. He came into free agency asking $10 million per year and didn't want to budge off that. Now, it might not cost that much, but it's going to take a chunk of your long-term financial flexibility if you were to pursue someone of that caliber. I would do so personally because I think this is a team that can be competitive. I, we were discussing the AFC North. I look at the AFC North, and I truly believe there are three teams that can have winning records. Now, Cleveland, maybe Nine and seven is more realistic or generous, depending on which way you want to look at it. But I think it's achievable. When you look at where this entire team sits and potentially coming together, specifically with the skill positions, do you know what I'm most excited about, Jake, when it comes to our camp or what little we've seen so far in camp? I, I you, uh, you cut out a little bit there. I know you said what you're most excited about. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to guess tight end usage, totally guessing. Well, that's no, that's, I mean, that's one of the, one of the things to point towards. Absolutely. But you know what? This offensive line hasn't looked bad working together. See, and, I, I should have known you're an O-line guy. I should have answered that. Damn. Yeah, you're absolutely, but I know maybe it's a bit, uh, you know, it's on brand for me, but <laughs> they have been you, running the ball. Well, you're right about that. that and that's good. really been the strength. And if you can continue to consistently build off that run game, which is the basis for the entire offense so that you can get into the play action, vertical passing game, the timing passing game, the boots, the pocket movement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have the foundation to be successful. And when you have backs the caliber of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt playing behind a unit that could potentially gel, that's exciting because we didn't see that last year. It was the antithesis of what we saw last year. And that, even with Nick Harris in there, Nick Harris deserves so much credit. Like it, I don't, I don't think fans truly understand how hard the position he's been placed in, and how well he's come through this so far in this process, and how amazed the coaching staff is by their rookie center. Uh, it's not granted; it's not ideal. You don't necessarily want two rookies starting week one, which is still a possibility. Maybe we get J.C. Treader back. We'll see. But if you if you go into the season with Wills and Harris starting, I'm okay with that. I truly am. Because, one, I love the fact that you've had the same starting five working every day, every rep, together. Period. Remember? Hey, do you remember when there was supposed to be a competition, a right guard? Yeah, me neither. Because it <laughs> hasn't developed. There's been no such thing. It's been Wyatt Teller every single day every single snap with the first team. And so when that's how you start building continuity. That's how you start getting an entire unit to gel. You build them trenches up. They show the consistency that's necessary for the foundational plays for the entire scheme. And then everything feeds off of that. And that's why I think there's a possibility of this coming together, maybe a little sooner than we expect, or at least in an area to where they can still be good enough to compete on a consistent basis. I agree because if you can run it well, you can you can make a passing game that's not all too crisp work. You can, you know, if you have teams who are so committed to stopping the run and playing forward football that uh, that they 
you, 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 I guess just they, they don't have a feel for thinking thinking about pass game stuff as a, as sort of a secondary uh, feel in their in their you know run run pass conflicts. Then it's going to be much easier to throw the football without needing precise placement or precise timing, and you can get the quarterback on the move a little bit. And uh, those were when 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 wide zone teams are able to boot off of it successfully, you're in trouble as a defense, as we've seen. Uh, several teams do, San Francisco, Minnesota, and if you remember one of your favorite Browns teams, I'm sure it was 2014 when they had it rolling. It was all it was all that look right there. So great point by Sobo about the offensive line. Before I let you go, man, Curtis Weaver, thoughts on him? I know I wrote a film room on him. He's got some traits you like, but uh, I know you dropped a little nugget in uh, in the insider section there, so you know, share what you want. I, I will um, because anyone that likes to tune in to Jake and I, I like to throw things in there for – our subscribers and maybe to wet the whistle a little bit for those who aren't subscribers to please support us at the OBR. This is something that's really driven by the passion of the fans, the subscribers, and those of us who's been around this site for God, I'm feeling old at this point (laughs) for two decades, almost. Uh, (laughs) I wanted to point out, I remember this plain as day that there was rumblings about Weaver at the combine and I couldn't remember exactly what they were, who told it to me or where I read it anywhere along the line. So I reached out to a friend of the site, someone who I believe reported it or it brought it up to me or something along those lines. And it was Tony Pauline. Now, if anyone knows Tony, he's one of the most well-connected guys in the industry. He's been covering the draft for a couple decades, knows every agent, knows coaches, scouts, et cetera, et cetera. And he reminded me that, the concern at that time was, and I'll just give you the quote outright, out of shape, not very determined, best play was behind him. And that's the way some teams viewed Weaver. And there had to be something that occurred in Miami to get the injury waived designation. Because they, because based on new NFL rules, they, due to the severity of his injury, which is, size, which is a sesamoid bone fracture in his foot, which is essentially season-ending, they could have put him straight on IR like Cleveland did with Grant Delpit. They decided not to do so and put float him out there for the rest of the league because they didn't necessarily worry about losing him. And when you're giving up on a fifth-round pick two weeks into practice, red flags should come up a little bit. So while I love Weaver's potential, and Jake laid him out very well in, in today's piece, I think he has the potential to be a disruptive presence consistently. He showed it at Boise State. He just knows how to get into the backfield and rush opposing quarterbacks. At the same time, I want to see what his commitment is throughout this entire year, how he re- rehabilitates and comes back next year. Is he different physically? Is he a guy that's ready to roll? Because this is one of those perfect buy low and potentially get a huge return on that investment. And if that's possible, I think that's a, just a wonderful move by Andrew Barry. And even if he doesn't, it's still worth the shot because he's talented enough to warrant such a move. Well, there's plenty to, uh, to read about him on the site between Sobo's update there and ask the insider. And then, uh, well, that would actually be rumor central, uh, that that was posted. And then, and then the film room we have up there, the good and the bad and, and uh, make your own decision. We'll see what happens with them, and, and the Browns might essentially get two rookies um, extra to their draft class next year, and, and guys that will come back and hopefully be hungry. And maybe maybe being cut by Miami in the nature that he was. He wasn't cut, obviously, but just floated out and had the ability to be taken by somebody, not being cared about, lights a fire under uh, under him going into next year. So I'll be fascinated to see it. So but before you go, anything to plug, my friend? 
trying to think what I'm working on coming here soon. Trying to get back in the swing of things when it comes to draft coverage. Uh, I know we've discussed this before, but everything's been so much up in the air. It's hard to really get sink my teeth into it lately because we just don't know. Um, but I do have something coming up for Bleach Report, which some Browns fans might enjoy. Bold trade predictions. And let me say this. One of the trades I have in there is Cleveland going after a safety. So mm. look, for th- look for that. Not tomorrow, but it would be a Friday publish. All right. Keep your eyes out for that. Browns need safety help, and it'll be a good read. Sobo, my man, my friend, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me as always, Jake. Talk next week. All right. Shout out to Sobo for taking time tonight, as usual. Um, we missed, did not connect last week. It's been it's been a weird year, and I can't remember what happens day to day, but we missed each other last week, texted each other the day after, and said, oh, my bad. It's the kind of thing we're dealing with here. It's just uh, our brains float off before football season. Camp's a weird time of year, a lot going on. I was glad he was able to join us tonight. Before we do part officially, I'm going to ask you to go to betonline.ag. Take advantage of things. The playoffs are happening. NBA, NHL, get in on that action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season's pushing into the fall. There's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. Take advantage of the return to sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Poker, blackjack, 24-7. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word again, BLUEWIRE, to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, your online sports book experts. Thank you for joining us. Go to the OBR site and join us and get that. Not only the great membership with us, but the CBS All Access. We always have great deals going on at the OBR. Take advantage and join us. All those awesome perks, such as Ask the Insiders, such as Rumor Central, all those locked articles, such as the fantastic one on Cover 3 Buzz and the challenges for the Browns' young linebackers that John Stephenson just wrote, it is up and available. Also, please make sure you subscribe, like, and comment on this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and especially the Apple Podcast Network. That helps us get some priority when we're uh, being searched and all of those different things and helps more people hear us, so we appreciate your support. I will be back one more time this week. and look forward to you joining us then, and until then, go Browns. Go Browns.